Living Corporate is brought to you by the Liberated Love Notes podcast, part of the Living Corporate Network. The Liberated Love Notes podcast is a starting point for integrating self and community affirmations into your daily practices. The Liberated Love Notes podcast centers the experience of black folks existing in white systems and speaks to overcoming imposter syndrome, disrupting injected and internalized forms of oppression, embodying an abundance mindset, and building a healthy racial identity. Check out Liberated Love Notes podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, hosted by Brittany Janae Harris. We're talking about it is levels to this 2020 while black. All right. Now, everybody experienced 2020 and it was hard for everybody. But black folks, I think we can all collectively agree, experienced 2020 in a very different way, in mm-hmm. a very unique way, because we got levels on top of levels on top of levels on top of levels. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pause to really talk about what those levels are and unpack them and the ways in which it impacted us as a collective. So today, I'm going to kick it over to you. Give us a snapshot into what it was like for Black folks in 2020. Thank you so much. Um, so, you know, we've all been de- dealing with this pandemic all together, you know, and as Dr. Lawanda said, uh, 2020 was a year that was hard for everybody. You know, I, I don't want to take that away from anybody, but it definitely hit Black people differently, right? So right now, I'm just going to run you through some stats just so you can kind of get an idea of what 2020 was like and actually what things are still kind of like because, you know, this isn't over yet, right? Right. So as of today, I just got this from the New York Times right before this. More than 470,000 Americans have died from the coronavirus, okay? And there have been more than 27 million reported cases, okay, all across the country. And it has had a disproportionate impact on people, right? So in comparison to white folk, black people, four times more likely to be hospitalized, three times more likely to die. Hispanic and native folk compared to white folks, four times more likely to be hospitalized, three times more likely to die, okay? And that's just, we're talking strictly on health. We're talking about getting hospitalized, dying. We're not talking about the rest of the issues that COVID will impact your body with for the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, right? There are people who still don't have their smell back, right? Their sense of taste back, you yeah. know, after, after months, right? So that this is just hospitalizations and deaths, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's impacted so many different facets of our life, okay? So think about education, right? Schools went virtual overnight, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of us are educators in institutions. Someday in March, we went to work, right? And then they just said, don't come back. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't come back, you know, and, and we haven't been back, that. you know, and, and we haven't been back. And this has been especially hit for K through 12. Okay. So students lost months of learning. Okay. Mm. I think it was like about three months of learning for students in K to 12, about five for black and Latino students. Mm-hmm. Right. Lost a month's learning. Now there's a broader question about what that actually means and what we should care about for our children. Right. Mm-hmm. But by these standards, still black, Black and brown and low-income children are hit worse, okay? Healthcare, hospitals are overburdened. Doctors are stressed, nurses are stressed. There's not enough uh, protective equipment to make sure that everybody's safe, right? In LA County, just, you know, in December, there were 0% of ICU beds available. Yeah. Right? Think think about that, (laughs) you know? Anything happens to you, right? You're walking down the street and you fall. Well, I guess guess that's just it. That's a wrap. You know, Um, big deal. 
you know, and the big, big one, and you know, that's what we're talking about here in the break room, employment, okay? So between February 2020 and December 2020, 5.4 million women lost jobs, okay? 4.4 million men lost jobs, right? And the unemployment rate right now for um, women, Latinas, highest at 9% unemployment, Black women right next at 8%, okay? Mm. And, you know, Black men always, you know, have the highest rates of unemployment. So this has really just impacted, once again, everybody in a certain way, but Black people the most, okay? Yeah. So right now, we want to take this time to talk about that, okay? So how has coronavirus and this pandemic impacted work expectations, right? For you, for you, and for you as a black person. Mm, that's good, that's good. I think we, and we would love to hear from y'all to really talk about that because I feel very, I felt and still do feel very strongly about work expectations in light of being black as we're living through COVID-19. Uh, because as you said, Dr. Jade, you just listed stats that like, that sounds like theory y'all. I want you to take that from a theoretical perspective and make that practical because as a clinician, I can't tell you how many of my clients, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, sisters, brothers, were those people disproportionately laid off, unemployed, impacted by COVID, in ICU, or God forbid they lost them to death, right? Who had children, whose children were now automatically moved to virtual school. All of that, that shit is real, okay? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, these people were working professionals, you know, still having to go to work and perform, many of which, don't get me started, are in anti-Black, hostile-ass work environments, okay, who have no idea the the levels to the impact of the anti of, of COVID on Black folks specifically. Mm -hmm. And then, well, I'm going to throw this one in just for a fun fact, then we forget that we were also moving through this time where the world was coming to their racial reckoning and everybody wanted to know how they could be an ally and how they could be supportive and oh my god i see you so it, it was stressful to say the least mm -hmm. it was anxiety provoking to say the least it was mm -hmm. you know impacting our motivation to say the least and we still had to go to work mm -hmm. and for me y'all don't know about y'all want to hear y'all thought for me i was like i have a black card <laughs> pull that black card. I pull my black card. Anytime some shit happen or go down, they kill. Oh, uh, Breonna Taylor's murderers got off. Not going to work. Mm -hmm. Oh, they killed somebody else in LA. Not going to work. Y'all paralyzed this man. Not going to work. And my ex the expectation that I had for myself. I don't know if my, my employers had it, but the expectation I had for myself is like I can't work under these conditions. I can't mm -hmm. meet my same level of functioning prior to all of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, how are we supposed to? Yeah, I agree. Uh, especially because, I mean, a stress reaction, a trauma reaction um, is a trauma reaction, right? So, I mean, you put your body into fight or flight and you're not going to be able to focus and concentrate on things. And yeah, and that includes work and that includes being a functioning human being. And for me, um, I, I kind of bridge both worlds because I, I teach mm. part time over at a medical school. And yeah, the work was still coming. I still had to jump on Zoom calls and be entertaining and shuck and jive and do what I needed to do to uh, to make sure that the uh, lecture went through because uh, uh, Lord knows we don't want any uh, uh, bad evaluations, which is a whole other podcast all by <laughs> itself. Mm -hmm. um, 
but from the world of the entrepreneur. So as a black entrepreneur, I had to try to stay five steps ahead of whatever was happening, not knowing what was going to be happening. Because mm -hmm. if something, uh, if I didn't think of a policy, if I didn't have enough hand sanitizer and my employees went to school, uh, went to work and somebody got sick, that's my ass on the line, right? Mm -hmm. so not only am I having to see patients and do what I do there, but I'm also having to try my best to support uh, employees, uh, keep them informed of everything going on. I mean, it was a shit show. It was a lot. I, I'm, I'm proud of uh, my company that we were, we were able to get through that and, mm. uh, and kind of grow from the experience, but I am tired. Like yeah. the, the, uh, the compassion fatigue right now is real. So real. It so is real. So real. So real. What about you, uh, Dr. Jade? Do you feel like the expectations of your productivity was considered? Do you think it wasn't considered or did you just have it for yourself? You know, I, I, I definitely, I mean, in, in general, my, my personal feelings, me, we sh nobody should be going to work right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 as far as I'm concerned, we're living in the world of the walking dead. You know, and 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 there, and there's zombies around, and the zombies coronavirus, and there's zombies around, and we need to be hunkering down and focusing on our family and our friends. That that's just me. All right, that obviously didn't happen, right? Um, not in this capitalism. Not you know, not not right, right, not in this country, right? But you know, for me, I'm I'm lucky, and I you know, and I always acknowledge it. I'm I'm a man, and I have certain privileges that you know that that grants me. I take my space. If I can't do it, sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, even not, not going to this meeting. Even if I can, listen, I acknowledge my privilege as well mm -hmm. as a female professional, doctor level, educated, mm -hmm. working mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, and, and also at an Ivy Plus who goes above mm -hmm. and beyond to accommodate people right. who are used to being accommodated. Right. And I have a privilege to be like, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to do that. Or mm -hmm. I am overwhelmed. Or I can feel the anxiety in my body. Or I can feel the impact. Like. Who can show up for work when you just watch, you know, one of your brothers and sisters, you know, being murdered, literally, you know what I'm saying? Over, like, over and over, right? Again. You know, yep. and, that, and that's the part, over and over and over and over and over. It's probably happening right now. Oh, yeah. it is happening right now. Yeah, we just don't see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is called, by the way, vicarious trauma, yeah. right? And and you talked about this earlier, Dr. Bryant, of like the trauma response. Like, yes, we are humans who are moving through the world. And when we perceive threats, which Black folks in 2020 perceived a whole lot of them, that fight or flight or freeze, you know, was mm -hmm. activated often over and over again because we experienced vicarious trauma because we experienced some trauma reactions. And yes, Rashida, it did go down January 6th. We had another, you know, react. It didn't stop. It didn't stop when we started 2021. And so what I can say that I can truly appreciate about, you know, at least my supervisor and my boss is that she's always been conscious of that. You know, like in my team, really like take the time that you need, take a step back. And that has given me time to attend to my mental health and wellness. But I just want to illuminate the fact that I don't think that that's the reality for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that, that nope. has had an impact. There are people, you know, once again, I'm, you know, lucky, right? I'm, I'm a professor. My job was easily moved virtually, right? Yeah. You know, like you just said, you know, just teach online. There are people who have never missed a day of work. And, the, and the, the, since since this whole thing started, well, it was just another day for them, right? You know, and mm -hmm. I, I I just think about that a lot, you know, and how it must have must affect them, you mm -hmm. know, and I, yeah.
Yeah, yeah. and I, I know I speak also from a, a position of privilege. Uh, the thing that bothers me and kind of chests my ass, though, is that we have the ability to have every kid be virtual. We do have that ability. We have the money to do that. Um, and we chose not to. And because yeah. Yeah. the uh, economic and, uh, and racism, uh, uh, economic inequalities, uh, our kids are getting left behind even faster than other kids are. And yep. Uh, and I saw this not only in uh, in real time uh, as uh, I'm working with parents and they're like, you know, I have to go to work and mm -hmm. I can't sit and, you know, help so and so with their reading because mm -hmm. I just don't have time. And uh, it's it, 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 uh, we should be ashamed as a country yeah. um, uh, that we don't have basically universal Internet access. And I think that um, mm -hmm. one silver lining that comes out of this horrible uh, COVID tragedy is that work from home is going to be the standard. I think that we yeah. should also cut down on how many damn days of work that we do work. Period. A, five, a five hour, <laughs> a five day work week is dumb, y'all. Period. Real dumb. Um, it's hella and, dumb. It's yeah. hella dumb. And I I completely agree with you because I was thinking about that. Like, okay, so we know that it's feasible. You Correct. Know, in academia and telemedicine, we know that it's feasible. And we know that it's having some level of positive impact on people's mental health, being able to engage with their family, be more present. So what y'all going to do mm -hmm. on the other side of this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, it blows my mind. I mean, I, it's it's I, it's the most interesting, strange like experiment, like a real time experiment that's going on. Unfortunately, again, we came into the pandemic with less money and less wealth, and so we're playing catch up and playing uh, paying our black tax mm -hmm. even more. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am hopeful, y'all. I am so hopeful. Uh, for the black folks, like I've uh, connected with y'all on Twitter, um, having a, um, uh, being able to connect like this all over the country, mm -hmm. the renaissance is coming and I can't mm -hmm. wait. It's going to be badass. The mm. renaissance is here. Oh, I, think okay. that that's, I think that that's a good pivot to engage, you know, those who are, those followers who are listening. It's like that black tax. You know, what has the black tax been like for you all specifically in your work environment, you know, in your home environment? having to move through 2020 while black. I know that there are so many different levels. What has been that black tax and what are the levels to it? I know for certain I can pop us off and I would love for the co-hosts to follow and then we can all talk about it. The black tax for me has been as an extrovert who whose mental health is maintained by social relationships, mm -hmm. by being able to, whose motivation and inspiration and vision comes from being inspired by the most vision, the most brilliant minds. I love to be around people who tighter than me because then I can feel inspired. And that having to come to a halt <clears throat> or being interrupted because of COVID and because of the administration failing to properly attend to it, that has had significant impact on just my well-being. You know, because you, I'm, you know, people are partners. They have family. They don't have family. They move. We all move through this. 2020 in very different ways. And for me, not having that social engagement with the level of black tax that I probably felt the most. Despite mm -hmm. my privileges, that black tax, you couldn't, you couldn't take away that black tax. You if it was California was locked down, we was locked down. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't go nowhere. <laughs> I felt that black tax for sure. Well, I'm I'm gonna jump in here because the Thanks. one one black tax that I felt. So um, we knew uh, that um, PPP loans were coming up. So these these are basically free money that um, everybody and their mama knew how to work, except for black folks, uh, myself included. Mm. Uh, to the point where when I go to apply for a loan and I am talking to my banker and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know why they're asking for such and such form. Uh, hopefully, you have QuickBooks." 
because in order uh, to know what this form is, you you need to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And so I jumped, y'all, when I say I jumped through some damn hoops, I jumped through some hoops for that first one. And uh, and I thought to myself, I have no idea how any other uh, company, especially if you're uh, a, a solo agent, if you're doing stuff by yourself, I have no idea how they're ever going to get any money. And then, of course, the research shows that black folks didn't get hardly anything out of the first uh, round of loans. And so my my black tax is number one. Um, knowing that my fellow people who look like me are getting screwed over by a system that is supposed to be helping them again, and it mm-hmm. failed us again. And so now I have to, and, and for me, my goal is to try to educate and support as many people as I can to go get free money while they can. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I, you know, I always think about how this year has affected us just for how it's affected my kids mostly. You know, like I said, I have two kids and I feel like they have suffered the most, <laughs> you know, they, they they have suffered the most, right? You know, all the time, you know, you have kids and, you know, you're taking care of them and you, you do everything for them. You do their laundry, you clean for them, you cook for them, you X, Y, Z, and you're just like, they have it so easy, right? But I was driving with my wife the other day and I was like, man, they have it so easy. And she was like, when you were a kid, did you have a pandemic and you weren't allowed to see your friends for a year? And I was like, let me okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yep, well, I guess, you know, oh my gosh. Uh, there, that goes right. So, you know, I, I definitely feel like they've suffered the most, you know, they have. my brother illuminates that often. And he talks about like, you know, I don't have children, so I don't get a chance to bear witness to it, you know, up front and close. And, and then the students that I do work with, you know, I can see the remnants of it because some of them are like first year students or first year graduate students and they're super excited, but that's been put on hold. So I think it's important to kind of really pause and understand the impact that is being experienced by the children right now. You know, Absolutely. And one of our uh, listeners put what their black tax was, which I think was really well written. Mm. Um, Rashada said, my black tax was knowing that my feelings of anger, frustration and exhaustion were valid, but still feeling the need to police my expression of those feelings. Mm. That's the black experience. That is the black experience. And there's a there's a question, too, that I want to get to. But I think that that policing like that, that's so even that has layers, layers to it, you know, like feeling like we cannot express ourselves in our anger because we are living we're in these spaces that are anti-black or not on the standard or they have pathologized our anger or they have become fearful of our anger wanted to make it become more comfortable for them not even experiencing the, the things that are infuriating us and i think that, that is definitely rashida a black tax that i definitely understand so let's take this question. I'm going to pose it to Dr. Jade, Dr. Brian, see if we can weigh in. This is Dr. Lawanda mentioned, and this is from Rashida as well. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Um, Dr. Lawanda mentioned having a great relationship with her boss, which helped. I do as well, but understand that this is not the norm. What tips do you have for fostering that type of relationship? And also, any tips for how to cope with managers who aren't supportive? And I think that's a very, very good question that is a really good question. that is a really good question kind of a hard question i know I, 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 yeah you know my, my my first thought you know is that you know i i hate i hate playing games you know what i'm saying like i, I like to just be direct you know xyz but i live in the real world <laughs> you know and i live here you know you have a boss you know play you know just a little bit just a little bit play the 
nice game, you know, play this, play the sweet game, you know, bring some chocolate, you know, if they like chocolate, bring some chocolate, right? Buy them a beer, happy hour. You know, that, that stuff is silly, but it makes a difference. It, it, it's just true. It, it makes a difference, right? You, you want your boss to like you, you know, you want, you want your boss to like you. So my first thought would be, you know, play the game a little bit. Don't, don't sell your soul, right? But play the game, be nice. Um, stay in contact with them. I'd say that's 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 probably the most important thing, right? Don't be the kind of person who's detached from your boss, right? Be somebody who is attached to your boss, right? So they know where you are, know where you stand. That's my advice. Okay, I would throw out. Um, I, I'm not sure how nice I can be, and th so this is why this is why I work for myself. Okay, I just let me give that disclaimer. Most of my salary comes from my direct whatever I'm doing. So, uh, um, uh, but I do currently have kind of a, a partial boss. I, a few. Um, I guess what I throw out to you is, you know, um, what we tell kids all the time, you know, if you want to have a friend, be a friend, right? So be friendly, um, but don't sell, like Dr. GJ said, don't don't sell yourself, um, you know, short and, and, and don't be inauthentic because that'll just wear your ass out. Like you will, you'll just burn out even faster. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the tips that I use, uh, my mom always said, you know, be nice to people, uh, even if you don't agree with them, even if you don't like them, just be nice. And so that's my general tactic. And then um, your job is not you. So at the end of the day, you know, you, uh, yes. make sure that you know where you end and your job begins. Uh, because um, yeah, if it, you don't lose yourself, because if you lose yourself, uh, all sorts of stuff will happen. So um, so that's kind of how I, I keep my sanity. Uh, Might not be able you? to get yourself back if you lose yourself. Oh, preach, preach. I and and I and y'all probably gonna see this for the whole show. I like to. Uh, practice on the opposite end of the spectrum, which I think is a really good balance because maybe you can find y'all can find yourself somewhere in the middle. I am a proponent of I love it, everything both of you just said, but I also don't know how nice I can be because it's hard for me to mask my authentic reactions to people. It's mainly to my body. So what I would say is that I am a proponent of radical, like honest communication, and that doesn't have to be rude. Right. That could be very kind, you know, yep. as you're saying, yep. I could say that could be very soft or it could be assertive. But I am a proponent of radical communication. Here's why. If you're trying to build a relationship with a boss, with someone, um, then I want to know that I can show up as my professional self in this relationship and I have to perform. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And that there is gen general interest from both parties for us to be able to cultivate a working relationship. If I got to do too much buying you beers and being kind mm -hmm. and all of that, then that tells me that that's probably not the way I'm going to go. And I will acknowledge that I, too, am an entrepreneur. So in the back of my mind is if, if this shit don't work out, I can always <laughs> select out at mm -hmm. the end of the day. OK, mm -hmm. but, you know, I do want to be very honest and forthcoming about how I'm feeling and share that with my boss. Now, there can be tactful ways in which you can do that and see if they're open and amenable to being able to hear that feedback. That's going to tell you all you need to know. That's going to tell you how you need to pivot. You know, if you do need to tiptoe, if you do need to be more open, if you can be transparent. But I just believe in giving people the opportunity to be honest with themselves and then giving that person who you need to be honest with the opportunity to receive it in a good way, in a way that will give you point. information. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that would be my tip to your question. That's um, a great point. Can I add to that? You know, what you said just made me think of something. Um, it's also the boss's responsibility to have a good relationship with you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they're the boss, right? Like, you know, like, I, there, there's, there's an inherent power differential, right? Like, I'm a parent, right? I have kids. Mm -hmm. I can't 
be mad at my kids for too long, right? Like I, I have to always be the one to be like, all right, come on, eat your dinner. Come on, let's do X, Y, Z. Because I, I have the power, right? I'm, I'm the older one. You know, if you're the boss, it's your responsibility to have a good relationship with your workers and see how you can work with them, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and make them feel comfortable, make them feel supported. So. Thanks for saying what you said. That's important to assess. I love that extra point because that's important to assess if you do have the autonomy or if you are thinking about, you know, pivoting or moving out. You know, I don't want to promote any black people being in toxic environments that's going to uh, tear them down further than they already are going to be torn down just by virtue of being black in America. So I don't want that to be, you know, the extra burden of like, I need to preach. You know, make my boss like me or what have you, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I think that's something that could at least be considered. We may not always have the means and the privileges and the opportunities to act on it, but I definitely think it's something that we need to be considering. Was my boss open and did they understand the expectations of me during COVID? Did they consider that, you know, are they trying to have a positive relationship with me? Are they, you know, they're mindful of my mental health or not? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I hope that answers for you, Rashida. That was a very layered answer, but we wanted to be, you know, comprehensive. Thank you. It was a great question. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think this is a perfect pivot. You know, as we're talking about bosses and power and power differentials and, and owning that, oftentimes, this is our last segment, which I really like, is the last nerve, where we talk about who they got on our damn last nerve on the J-O-B. And sometimes, a lot of times they do come from your bosses. They come from colleagues or both. But I think we want to spend some time tonight talking about what was the last nerve that got hit this week. And I think that Dr. Brian got a last nerve. Up. Yes, I do. So uh, this is my opportunity. I'm going to vent a little bit. My, <laughs> my, my goal is to oh, hopefully boy. bring it back uh, so that we have a, a, a productive conclusion, something that y'all can take away from this message. Uh, my dad's a preacher. I'm going to try not to, uh, you know. <laughs> Get into that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna try. You don't have to be long, though, Brian. Remember that you don't have to be long. <laughs> and no. then, uh, yeah. Well, then the other thing, uh, because keeping preachers in mind, I'm also gonna give myself a little timer. So I'm gonna set uh, a timer for one minute, y'all. I'm gonna try for <laughs> one minute to get it all in one minute, and then as we uh, have more last nerves uh, as our podcast series goes along, we'll we'll get even better at it. So I'm gonna set my alarm and let's see what happens. So today, y'all, I'm gonna talk about the abuse of power. So that's, that is my topic today because that is my last nerve. So I just spent um, most of the day watching the impeachment trial. Um, I am working in uh, systems that are majority white male oriented because I work in medicine. Um, I'm looking at school districts that are run by majority white male and white female um, people. Um, and I, I do not appreciate abuse of power. It, you have a fiduciary responsibility, meaning you have a responsibility to the people that you serve in those roles because we are in a service industry. Education is a service industry. Medicine is a service industry industry. Government right. is a ser service right. industry. You have a responsibility to those people and you need to uphold that responsibility. And uh, it's, it is unfair to do anything else. You do not get to put yourself first. And if you don't want the job, then don't do the job. It really is that easy. There are some folks that I know I can't work with, but it's still my responsibility to mm -hmm. let them know what their options are as their physician, mm -hmm. whether we disagree on vaccines, which again, I think they're good. Some people don't, but that's okay. I'm going to give you informed consent. That is my responsibility. You know what? I'm going to go over this. Uh, 
we, we, yeah, we gonna we gonna change that. It's gonna be uh, a minute and a half to two minutes the next time. Okay, so I have a responsibility uh, to tell you what your options are, and you get to choose what you want to do. Educators should be staying up overnight to make sure that our kids are being taken care of. This vaccine rollout, whether you believe in it or not, again, I do. You, it should be 24-7. If you want a shot, you should get a shot, right? That's how it should be. We should all be using our fiduciary and our responsibility um, uh, as uh, people in power to affect large global change. And so that is my last nerve this week. Uh, and so my takeaway that I want y'all to take away is that when you're in the position of power, mm. do, what, do what's right. You know what's right. Yeah. Your mama, nope. your daddy, your grandma, they they taught you do what's right. That's called integrity. All right. So have integrity about the process. And that's all I got for the evening, y'all. Listen, can they pass around the offering? Because I got an offering. <laughs> and we can thank open you. up the doors of the church. That was amazing. <laughs> if you. you are in power, thank you so much, for, uh, Dr. Brian, for that last nerve. Sure. We really appreciate you for offering that last nerve because that's important to underscore. And I don't want that to get lost. When you sign up for service industries, which we are in, mm-hmm. when you sign up to to do what you pledge oath to do, have some integrity. And integrity mm-hmm. in layman's terms is what you're supposed to do when ain't nobody looking. And I said ain't. When yes. ain't nobody looking. And you cannot abuse that power because that's not what you signed up for. There's so many people counting on you, depending on you. And that it, that has several implications. And you know what? Because I am spiritual up in here, woe unto you because justice will be served. It may Thank be you. Paid, but it won't be denied. And you can, you and that's on who? Mary's little lamb right there. That justice will be delayed, but it won't be denied. So, yeah, y'all, I mean, let me calm it down because Dr. Brian got me all fired up and I'm going to be zen. Thank y'all so much for engaging us and coming to the break room. This is Thank the you. space where we come, we gather, we center black folks, black professionals, black wellness. And we will be back. Thank you. We will be back. Week, same time, same place. Thanks, y'all.